Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So let me paint you a picture. We are on the freeway. It's 8 a.m. About to hit rush hour traffic. Vanessa is in the passenger seat. Quickly doing makeup because she's getting ready to spend some time with friends that she hasn't seen in a long time. Which brings me to our topic today and that is um, getting our needs met. Going to see these friends is definitely fulfilling a need for me, for sure. So, Vanessa being an extrovert, um, this is really important to her. And um, for me, I mean, of course, friends are important, but I don't get the same tingles. I don't get the same um, high uh, from that social engagement as, as Vanessa does. And so, you know, what's, what's interesting about needs is you, you really have to know um, yourself. You can hear our Google Maps in the background. Yeah, I mean, I think the introvert-extrovert thing, I, I came to realize, like, I don't know, a few years ago, probably when I was in grad school, actually, and, and really started paying attention to actually how important that was for me and to make sure, like, that's on me. That's my responsibility to make sure I fulfill for myself. Like, my partner can't do that, obviously. You can't do that. But what I will say, and I've talked about this with a lot of people, you know, all of the shit that we've all dealt with with COVID, I, in all seriousness, like we kind of joke about it, but in all seriousness, I don't think anybody has talked about how hard COVID was on extroverts. Like, well, I, I think we're feeling the, uh, I, I think we're feeling it now. It's almost like going through COVID was, um, let's just survive fight or flight. And now we're seeing the impact of it. Like we're seeing the, uh, you know, the, it's like whiplash, right? You get into an accident and you're like, oh, I think I'm okay. And then, you know, a week later you start feeling the pains. Yeah. Well, I also think that like, you know, for better or worse, like I know a lot of people who are majorly introverted who didn't struggle that much with having to be home for two years. You know what I mean? Like, yes, of course, everyone's going to be lonely. Everyone's going to have like a certain amount of social needs that they have to have met, but they weren't as affected in that way specifically as extroverts were. And I think, I mean, I could be generalizing here, but I think a lot of extroverts tend to be those people where it's like, you know, those memes where it's like, check on your happy friends. No. Okay. So there's a lot of like memes where it's like, check on your happy friends because they might seem happy. They're extroverted. They're outgoing, but they're, but they're struggling on the inside and they just right. don't show it on the outside right. and I like I said I don't want to mat like generalize but the most of the extroverts that I know like that's how we are like we you won't wouldn't know that we were struggling in that kind of way you know okay so let's back up and let's talk about um, why needs are important in relationships and also why is it so hard for us to get them met ourselves or ask for them Right, because this is a common issue we see when working with um, our clients. Uh, it's interesting because it seems kind of obvious, and uh, yeah, of course, we all have needs, and you you get you ask for you know them to be met, or you you meet them yourself, and it's just simple. Like, why is this such an issue? 
Uh, so first, why are needs important in re- relationships? Meaning, why why are uh, why is it important to not ignore your needs and to get them met? Well, I think, I mean, in the broadest sense, like needs are what make us feel having needs met is what makes us feel fulfilled and loved and seen and respected and all of the things in relationships. And so, yeah, just from a general sense, I think that's the importance of needs. Right? Let me ask you this. Um, have you been in relationships where your needs weren't meant, met? Uh, what what was it meant, met, and how did that impact the relationship? Well, yeah, I was, but at the same time, I wasn't able to communicate my needs in that relationship. Right, but before we get to that, what were the needs that weren't met in your relationship and how did that impact the relationship okay so which needs were not met and how did that impact it well so pick pick one relationship yeah because i like using our own relationship as examples all right well in my last relationship i would say that the needs that weren't met were a lot of communication-based needs So we had an ability to connect in a really deep way about a lot of topics and things that we like really agreed on. So like we were both like big activists. We were both like very into politics. Um, We were both very into music. Like there was a lot of things that we connected on and we could talk for hours about. But when it came to like intimacy and intimate conversations, um, this was before I started therapy which I actually started in that relationship and so neither one of us had the vocabulary neither one of us had the skills or the tools to like not get defensive or like have more self-inquiry without like personalizing it all these things that I think I've learned over the last 15 years so I can't blame him entirely I mean I have to take at least 50% of that you know blame and then I started that journey when we were together. So then what happened is I started become, I started developing that vocabulary and realizing what that need actually was, which was like for more intimacy and deeper connection in that way. And he just wasn't able to provide it. So then your third question, I guess, was like, how does that feel in a relationship? Well, it felt... How, how does it impact the relationship? Yeah. I mean, we could only connect so deep. And then at a certain point, I just started feeling resentful and angry and unfulfilled in my relationship. So that pattern, um, and that's just one example, but you know that's something that I've I've heard of many times with clients, um, having the need to feel close or intimate in some way, uh, not having the ability to express that need, so that need goes unmet, and then you start to have anger and resentment. So it, you know, I always feel like if needs aren't met, the end result is anger and resentment whether it's toward yourself or your partner yeah and i will say too so this is what i talk about a lot in my classes with my groups is for many of us i would actually i'm starting to believe potentially like the vast majority of us i actually think you're like an outlier if this isn't the case a lot of us don't even realize we have a need until that need hasn't been met so i talk about this with people because you know we can have a conversation about needs until we're blue in the face, but a lot of people are like, but I don't even know what the fuck my needs are. Like, I don't know what my needs are. I don't know what my, my wants are. I don't know what my feelings are. Like a lot of people struggle with that. And so and for- is that because, uh, most of their lives, they, um, have not exercised even knowing what their needs are. Like they, they've yeah. only been taking care of other people or focusing on other people. So neglecting their needs as, as a pattern in their life has made that, you know that that radar very dull 
Yeah, I mean, but I, I would go a step further and say that it's because, like, as a society, like, we're not raised to know what those needs are. We're not raised, again, with, like, a vernacular, right? Like, an actual vocabulary around needs and emotions. Also, for a lot of us, you know, we come from wounded parents, like parents that carry down their own wounds. And so uh, many of us get the messaging very early on that, like, having needs is needy. Um, that if we have needs or if we express things clearly, like boundaries with our parents, that we will somehow be emotionally cut off, right? That's that abandonment wound. And so we basically learn really early on, like I have to take care of myself and all of my own needs and I can't express them. And so, yeah, it's a skill that we basically just don't develop. It becomes like a very underdeveloped function within ourselves to be able to tap in, recognize what I'm feeling, recognizing the need and then, and then verbalizing it, which is a whole other skill. So this topic came up because uh, Vanessa had therapy, her own therapy uh, a couple days ago, and this yes, was the topic. Yeah, so you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so I had to be... Bringing it back to like here and now and yeah. us and what's happening with you and I, you know, to, in today. So I had, a, I had an aha. I had a bit of an aha yesterday when I was at a therapy session, and it was one of those moments where it was like it seemed so obvious, um, but it yeah. still yeah. struck a chord. An aha or an aha? John likes to make fun of the way that I pronounce things. Silver Lake. My, my enunciation. An aha. Aha. Anyway, but I could do the same thing to him, by the way, but I just don't because I'm nice. I, is that a New York thing? The different... Or enunciation? That, yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, there's different probably enunciations depending on where you are in the country, for sure. Okay. And upstate New York is a totally different beast because that's like basically half Canadian, half like Midwestern. <laughs> anyway, so Vanessa had an aha. I had an aha. Not, um, not an aha. John almost missed our exit. Oh no, actually no. I'm... I'm <laughs> hey, side note, uh, now I see the value of self-driving cars. Actually, day like today, we're... Uh, oh no, I was right. We are multitasking. It would be nice if the car was just driving itself. <laughs> you get to get a real slice of life here because you actually get to hear the Google Maps in the background. Um, so yesterday when I was I was doing therapy, I... How do we turn it off? I was talking... There is no way to turn it off. <laughs> I was talking about how... Um, I had a moment a few weeks ago with you where we were doing a live and I... I can't remember what we were talking about, but basically, oh, we were talking about words of affirmation. We we're talking about love languages. And we were saying how words of affirmation is really hard for me. You know, I don't, I don't give it very freely, um, which I'll put a pin in that because I actually have a realization about that, that Danae gave me the other day. Um, but anyway, you said something about how easy it is for you. And, and I made a comment about like, you know, it's not the same for me because it's like, you could tell me that I'm, I look pretty all day and like, that doesn't actually do anything for me. Like it doesn't make me feel seen or loved or valued or appreciated in any way. And you made a comment totally. Can, can you say something real quick? Yeah. So if you say that to me, it actually goes a long way. I know. I mean, not pretty. Well, it can be pretty, but some kind of compliment in that way for me feels um, desired and well, this seen. Well, the thing about like each of us having such different love languages right like that's why it's so important to know this about each other it's funny because if you say hey i appreciated or i appreciate what you do i mean yeah that's 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 nice to hear but if you say something very personal like i think you're sexy to me that weighs more that's that, so funny to it, me it's a complete opposite for you because like 
I don't understand. I almost like I almost can't understand how me looking you in the face and telling you very specifically something I appreciate or how I appreciate you, how that could not fill your cup up more than me just telling you that you're hot. I wonder if it's because of ego because it does feel a little bit like that. Yeah, because you saying that you feel that that you think I'm sexy. Well, it's not just ego. It's like, you know, obviously if other people said it wouldn't as matter as much, but it's very personal when you when you when you give me that kind of but compliment. Why is that more? You keep saying personal, but to me that feels less personal. Well, because it's personal in that like you're, anybody you're, can say you're hot. Yeah, but you're saying that I desire you. Yeah, but anybody can say that to you. Not anybody can say a very specific thing about what you did that I appreciate because they don't know the inner workings of our relationship. Well, no one does say it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe other people said it to well, me. Well, maybe that's why. We could, we could really unpack this if you want to go there. I mean, maybe it has something to do with not like a larger feeling of not feeling desired. Well, here, here's what's interesting. When you say, I appreciate uh, you taking care of something or what you do, to me, because that's an ability, although I, I think that's, that's very sweet, that means something to me, that's more of an ability. If you say, I think you are sexy, now it's, you're, you're talking about me as a person. So I think that's why I, I feel uh, like that's more of it moves me more. I feel like we could go so deep into this because this feels so connected to something larger. Like, like why do some people, because I'm not just going to say it's you, clearly, I'm sure there's a million other people out there that are the same as you and the same as me. Why are some people more filled up by a compliment that's physical versus a compliment that's internal? Yeah, and I don't know if it's a love language thing or if it's... That feels deeper than love language. Yeah, I don't think it's a love language. That to me feels like, what what were you missing or lacking during developmental ages, basically, like growing up? Where you feel like no, that fills I something. I, I, I think, think that that's what love languages come from. There's actually new research that's talking about love languages are almost always specifically attached to something you didn't get growing up. Well, why can't it just be the value of a compliment? I mean... Uh, because it's always deeper. I'm a psychoanalyst. Boy, what are you talking about? I'm a deaf psychologist. It's always deeper. First of all, don't call me boy. <laughs> um, it doesn't always have to be. And sometimes when we dig for things that aren't there, we create mm-hmm. stuff that is not true. So... Uh, it's just the, it's just, I've always been like that where if my partner tells me that I'm sexy or, oh, here's the other part. Yeah. Well, the deeper is that I think I'm more thirsty for that with you because that's not your, your love language, the way that you give and receive love. I, I think part of it is because I'm used to getting a lot of that from previous relationships. And so maybe part of it is that, that when it comes from you, it, it means a lot because you don't pass those out every day. Mm, maybe I still think there's something deeper. Um, anyway, so that is deeper. That is deep. <laughs> back to I mean deeper as in like upbringing deeper. So okay, so my my therapy session. So I had this aha where I was like, okay, when we were having our live, you made a comment to me, a little offhand comment that was like, you know, I see how much you do, essentially to like keep the ship running right um it has something to do with logan like i see how much you do with logan or how hard you work or something like that and i got emotional and it was totally like out of the blue i wasn't expecting to get emotional we were just having a normal conversation and it like really struck a nerve and i got emotional and so i was talking about this with my therapist yesterday and he made this comment that i thought was really interesting he said you know 
I think it might be fair to say that as a parentified child, so to kind of unpack that for anybody who doesn't know that term, it's basically, you know, when you're the kid who grows up really fast, like you're the kid who gets a lot of the responsibility, you might be the oldest sibling, Um, you know, maybe parents were struggling, whether that's like financially, emotionally, whatever. Um, And so you felt like you had to really step up and kind of take care of them, take care of the house, like keep shit running. So you basically became a parent, right? Like way too young. So he said, it might be fair to say that as a parentified child, you might not have gotten a lot of that verbal validation of, I see how much you're doing and I value it and just know that like, you know, I see it. Yeah. So that's, that's, those tracks were laid. And so that's how you, um, that's valuable to you because that's your story and how you're wired. Right. And so we were talking about needs. So then it became a needs conversation where I said, you know, John is really good about, John has this thing where like when he gets really stressed out, especially like about money, right? You will come to me and you'll say, hey, I want to run these numbers by you. I want to go through the bank accounts. I want to talk through like what's coming up, bills, what we owe, blah, blah, blah. Doing that with me sitting side by side with you helps you, it helps alleviate your stress a little bit, right? Because it makes you feel not alone in that. Okay. I said that my therapist, John has, John's really good about that, right? He has a need. He knows I have a need. I'm stressed out. I'm feeling alone in this. I need Vanessa to join me in it so that I don't feel alone. And I said, I I wish that I could, I could do that. And anyway, my therapist said, well, if you know that this specific thing that we're talking about is a need, um, then that's worthy of communicating. It's worthy of saying like, I need you, even if you, I need you to recognize the little things that I do. And now here's the caveat. Here's the tricky part. I think for a lot of us, actually, can you validate and recognize all of the shit your partner does and not somehow attach it to by me saying that to them? I'm saying that I'm not doing a lot. I think a lot of people have a hard time complimenting or seeing what their partner is doing because they somehow feel like, but I'm doing a lot too. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and also, um, does that validation become lukewarm because you had to ask for it? So it's like... Right, right. Totally. It's like if I say to you, hey, can you can you please kiss me more? Yeah. And the kissing... I get more kisses. Like it feels forced almost. It feels forced and it's not coming from you. It's coming from me having to ask for it and telling you, can you please do this? And so it doesn't really work. Like, Well, like, it does, but it doesn't feel as potent I suppose and this is but looks at John this is like the never-ending conversation that we have with ourselves and with our clients about like you gotta ask for your needs to be met you can't expect them to be met if you don't ask for them right so it's a little bit of like a chicken or egg (laughs) can you scratch my back more yes I do scratch your back more like once a day I scratch your back at least once a day what let me ask you this so let's kind of end on this uh, uh, using personal examples um, for the listener uh, so what are your needs today? Because, you know, the other part of this is our needs change as we change. Right. right? They so, evolve with us. So just what? Are, give me give me five needs that you have. Oh, God. Five? And, oh, yeah. That, I think that... That feels it. like a lot for me as, as the person who's only just figuring out her needs as they're not getting met. <laughs> give me five needs that you have and I'll give you five needs that I have. Okay. Oh, geez. This might take me a minute. I don't know if I can get to five. I'll do what I can. Okay, so one, let's just use what I, what I figured out yesterday. So I have a very, apparently, a very great need for in specifics, specifics to be given to me about how you recognize how much work I'm doing to, like, 
keep the ship afloat, right? And it's got to be like detailed. It's like, it's like, you know, wow, I, I really see how much work you do to make sure that like, um, I don't know, Logan gets to school with everything she needs. Cause you, you know, you make her her lunch every morning and like all this stuff. Like for me, it has to kind of feel specific. So I would say that's one. Uh, one of mine would be, um, what I just said earlier, which is, um, I need compliments to make me feel desired. I don't know if I should say compliments cause it, com- it feels like, you know, it's like the compliments should come naturally. You shouldn't ask for them. Um, I, I, I guess, I guess it's ultimately like I need to feel desired. I need to feel, uh, yeah, but that's too vague for me because the way that I express desire is not actually the way that you hear desire. We've had this this kind of struggle I think in the past here's an example last night we were just flipping through Netflix and there's a a, a show about rich Asian people called bling or, or something like that what is it I don't know, bling, bling life yeah. and um, one of the uh, the people on the show I think he's like an Asian model uh, he's very handsome and Vanessa mentioned uh, two and a half times like oh man he's really hot <laughs> two or and a half times. I don't know if he said hot but he's but he was you know and I mean I, I didn't feel jealous or anything uh, I didn't feel jealous or threatened or anything like that but what I did feel was you know she doesn't give me a lot of that but her noticing that in you know other people then makes me so if she gave me a lot of that it wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't do anything but because that just she doesn't really say a lot of that to me but she's saying it to celebrities or people on the screen oh wait okay so here's a real this is a really good segue and we're we're bird walking a bit which is fine that's just how we are remember i said let's put a pin in this i want to go back to it this is perfect so danae and i were talking about words of affirmation and i realized that so when danae and i just ran a retreat this last weekend and i was leading a group danae was in the group but she was kind of like doing other things her camera was off and but she just like overheard us so Danae made a comment about no I was saying something about Danae the other day we had a we had a we didn't have a fight I had this whole build-up I needed to talk to her about something something wasn't sitting right with me and I like let it go on and I let it fester because it's what I do and it's still what I struggle with anyway I ended up finally going to her and she made this comment to me when she said um you know you can um I don't don't know what you're asking me to do Okay. I know where it is. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you're driving and trying to do this. Um, you can tell me that you don't want to do that thing, or you can tell me you don't like that thing, and I'm still going to be your best friend. Mm. And I started bawling. Oh. And it was, like, such a realization for me because, like, I feel like that's that's my biggest struggle in communicating my truth is because like there is that deep abandonment wound consequences around if i speak up and communicate this thing that person's gonna leave me yeah but you know what i gotta say uh because that that's that's very kind and rare i mean i think more people should say things like that to people they love we rarely i know uh, I, I don't think i've ever gotten that in my life like that's just a amazing comment no matter what you're going through or how you're wired that's just great i, mean, I know it's a, it's a blanket great comment well, and so I was telling this within the group setting, right? Like I was using this as an example for something and I, I told them this. And so then later on when it was just Danae and I, she had heard it because she had, you know, headphones and she was listening in on my group and she goes, I don't know what you're talking about, about how you don't give words of affirmation. Like you had me bawling when you were saying that. And I said, yeah, but I wasn't saying it to you. I was saying it about you. And I said, this is the struggle that John has with words of affirmation because I'll go and tell everybody else how amazing he is. 
but I have a hard time looking him in the face and telling him how amazing he is. And I said, I did the same thing to you, Danae. Like I could tell everybody how much you made me cry and how much you made me feel loved, but I never told you that face to face. I would rather you tell me how amazing I am and tell, I know. Ev- tell everyone nothing about me. <laughs> I know. And I totally get that. Like logically, I totally understand that. And yet it's really hard for me. So anyway, that was just, that was the pin I wanted to come back to because you reminded me. So if we were in a couple session, um, you know, that would be, assuming if she wanted to change, that would be her uh, dragon to slay, right? And for yeah. me, it would be noticing uh, the stuff that she's doing, whether, you know, they're just tax, tasks or things that, you know, just help uh, keep the, 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 the ship above water and then saying how much I uh, appreciate them and no- just noticing it's something as simple as her making lunch for Logan every day and uh, validating it and, and appreciating that, you know. And so, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's it, it's these little things that aren't little, and I think that when we uh, make an effort to change them, they actually can really change the dynamic of the relationship. I mean, uh, these are things that we we going back to our needs. These are our, our needs, and these are foundational. They're not extra. It's not icing. They're not condiments on the table. They are legs. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, I don't want to go off into this whole other tangent because we could do another 20 minutes on this. But like, I'm also very much in the place right now, especially after 15 years of really very much tackling and trying to understand and heal from codependency and codependent tendencies and and understanding now that like, we all struggle with that because it's how we're raised. Like we live in a society that just makes us believe that codependent relationships are just like what relationships look like. Um, how much of my needs are actually my responsibility to fill, fulfill versus an expectation of somebody else to fulfill. And I, and I say that not to do the whole like, Oh, needs are needy. Like, that's not what I mean. We all have needs, but there is a, everybody's different, but there is a really important task. I think that all of us have to have, which is like, okay, for example, if I don't feel loved or if I don't feel valued or if I don't feel desired at some point along that journey, right? Like we got to sit with ourselves and say, where does that come from? How much of that is actually my partner's responsibility versus how much of that is my responsibility to figure out what hole that is and how I can fill it myself. Does that make sense? And I think that is the way towards more interdependent relationships because then there's no expectation. Like I can't expect my partner to make me feel, I'm just going to use desire because that's what you said, desired. Um, because inevitably at some point that's not going to happen, right? Like they can, they're not going to always be able to meet that need. And when they don't, I'm going to be disappointed because I had an expectation. And so then that disappointment can be sickness into the relationship. But if I don't have an expectation of them fulfilling it, then, you know, there shouldn't necessarily be resentment around it. If that makes sense. Two comments as we end one, do you think I'm hot? Like the Asian model on East coast bling? Or what if it's just called? East Coast Bling. <laughs> You're just making up names. And yes, she, I think you are because I wouldn't be with you if I didn't think you were. And then question two, what if they had said, even if we disagree, you're still going to be my third best friend. <laughs> <laughs> my third rate friend. Thank you for listening. Uh, needs a huge foundational fundamental topic. Ask yourself what needs you have? How much have they changed? And how, how are you going to give those needs to yourself? Yeah, also do do your own homework of trying to list five needs because we only got through one. <laughs> That's because we're driving. Okay, blame it on that.
Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeaux, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.